We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's what I've been waiting for the first game and a half. That was how I thought the Warriors could play Boston. And it took a little longer than I thought to get there, particularly after that frustrating game one. But they're here. 1-1 series heading to Boston. Yeah, yeah. It took that collapse. to Look, man, I don't think the Warriors put up this performance if they win game one handily by like 15. Uh, that's just not how basketball works. You could see tonight. So it's not how human nature works. <laughs> right, right, right. It's just not how – like we would have – like we know. If they had one game one by 15, they come out tonight, they throw the ball around, you know, who knows what happens, right? But the fact that they're up by 30 points, I think the way that they played, even though, Sam, they got down kind of big at the beginning. Uh, not really. It's the beginning of NBA basketball game. Leads don't matter anymore. But I, just the intensity, Draymond Green – Andrew Wiggins set the tone, especially Draymond set the tone. And then G- and then GP2, when he came in, love me some Andre Godala, but GP2 is 10 times better than Andre is right now. Absolute game changer defensively and even hit a three. So offensively, he was very good on the floor. I, those three guys, Sam, stole the show for me defensively. Just special, special, obviously, Steph, but special, special, special stuff from, from this defense tonight. Yeah, I feel like I, I don't want to be another media person who just, like, neglects the impact that right. Steph has because right. it's trendy. Right. But uh, with that said, let's talk about other players. <laughs> uh, I do – I feel like um, GP2 really turned this game for the Warriors. The The thing that's made the Warriors special yes. during this entire run, this entire run that – um, you know, it's got them titles and made them one of the most iconic teams in NBA history has been defense. It's been Stefan yep. defense. It's always been like, yeah, we joke about it. We joke about Stefan the goons, right? Like, like, like that's the whole thing. It's like Steph Curry is good enough to just take four dudes to grind it out and win a game, right? Like that's always been kind of like, and like it sometimes it's tongue in cheek, but like there's a level of truth to that whole thing. And being able to insert GP2, who we all think is an all-world defender, one of the best defenders in the NBA, um, it gave the Warriors one more perimeter defender 
to be the Warriors because Boston's a more perimeter-oriented team than Memphis. Maybe you didn't need GP2 to close out Memphis. You needed Looney more. You need a little more size inside. Boston's more of a perimeter team. You need more. You need more guys who can kind of dig into guys' jerseys on the perimeter. And like Wiggins is one. Clay, love him to death, but like right, right. he's still working his way right. back from the injury. He's he's just not the clay he was beforehand. Yep. So you need GP2 to be another guy on the perimeter who could do that. And once they got to that, you know, Steph, GP2. Wiggins, Draymond auto lineup. Ugh. It doesn't matter. It, it, it's, it doesn't matter what you think. Like that is the Warriors. That's the 2015 Warriors. That's the 2017 yep. Warriors. Stylistically, that's who they are. They get into you defensively. They get you in transition. And there is literally nothing scarier than Steph Curry in an open court game. Like it just, it's not, it's, it's, there's nothing scarier than it. He didn't even, he, I mean, because it's Steph, he's held to the standards of anything under only points. only goat Steph, only goat Steph, he's held to right. He's only held to the best version of himself. Yeah, I mean, he had a phenomenal game, twenty nine, uh, six and four, and like really was at the center of everything the Warriors did on both ends of the floor. By the way, he played some really good defense. But it's like just because, because it's Steph Curry, anything other than forty with like four backbreaking threes, it's not right. considered a great game for him, you know. But like, it gets to my point, the Warriors. GP2 playing through that elbow injury allowed the Warriors to become the Warriors again. Yep, I completely agree. I, I think, by the way, Looney, even though he didn't, you know, he, he's kind of back to what you're saying. They're trying to play either just one of Draymond and Looney for, for most of these minutes, but it, it Looney, when he's on the floor, reasons. you're right. Yeah. But he got, he's so good even when he's on the floor. But you're right. I mean, Boston, we thought this team. You and I thought it couldn't really dribble, and also they couldn't really pass, right? So it seems like they're very good shot makers, and they get really hot. We saw that in game and, one. And they play exceptionally of- hard. That's, like, the other thing I want yeah. to call out. Like, there's only Memphis that I've seen this year, like, kind of plays with that kind of heart. So in- Intensity, like, yeah, yeah. just hard. Ime Udoka, they, go, they, they take after Ime Udoka, who was a great defensive player in, in, hit, in when he played basketball. But I, I think the Warriors did go back and watch film and realize – we came out soft in game one, and that's exactly what they did. Did we see Derek White shoot? Well, he had one open three, but did we see like consistently Marcus Smart, Derek White, Peyton Pritchard, Grant Williams? We didn't see those guys consistently get open looks. They did. They got some. Maybe I can count on one hand the open looks that they got. But the Warriors just didn't let that happen because they said they said if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to LeBron James and Kyrie us from 2015, so be it. Then we'll lose. We will lose that way, right? If that's gonna happen, we're not gonna win this game. We'll lose. If they're gonna, if they're gonna drop forty on sixty percent from the field <laughs> and fifty percent from three, it's like I don't know, man. Okay. Like if they hit All a right. bunch of contested setbacks, like it's so be it. You know what can you do? Right? What can you do? And by uh, the way, they kind of did that in the first quarter and a half. You know that was part of that was that was the other thing I want to call out. Like they came out hot, mm-hmm. and I was. I was wondering if the Warriors would fold a little bit there. You know, like they came out with the the backbreaking threes. Like Tatum and Brown were just hitting some boom, boom, and boom. I know th- and I know they can shoot, but Steph Curry can also shoot. He doesn't hit shots like some of the shots they hit, you know? Yeah. And it's just kind of one of those where it's just like, can you ride this out? Because like if you if you just believe the odds exist, if you believe Jason Tatum's not a seventy five percent three point shooter, like <laughs> I mean, things no, are gonna eventually things are gonna eventually work out if you're willing to stay committed. 
Well, it was a flip-flop of game one where Steph came out, couldn't miss a shot. And then by the time the quarter ended, you're like, God damn. Uh, maybe the Warriors should be up more. Where you look at Boston, you're like, God damn, maybe they should be up. And the Warriors were up to end the first quarter. So I'm with you. These are long basketball games. I think when you get to the NBA Finals, it's not – regular season feels like these things pass by in a flash, right? But in the NBA Finals, the postseason, these take a long time. And I think the Warriors did a better job of process tonight. Uh, first play, literally. I mean, let's let's talk Draymond for a second. I know we're, we got to get to Steph because he was the best player by far. But Dray- Draymond start the game, Sam. Ripped the ball from Al Horford. Got a jump ball. They didn't set, get the ball back. Set, but, immediate, set immediate tempo. The yep. minute I saw him do that, I was like, all right, he's 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 trying to show everyone else the level they need to play at intensity wise. Like it wasn't it wasn't even a necessary thing, to be <laughs> honest with you. Like he just it, it was kind of one of those like I'm going to purposely make this chirpy to let everyone else know they need to they need to get on this level. We need to take every possession seriously and kind of make people uncomfortable. Yep. And and I think he did the uh, you can't call every foul, right? It's what teams do to Steph Curry. You yeah. can't call every foul on me if I'm going to play this hard. And if you do call fouls, then, then so be it. Then we, we adjust. But Draymond said, I'm going to get a tech, which I loved. That was a classic Draymond. Get a tech because you know that they're not going to kick him out the game. Classic Draymond. He now understands where the postseason is going to uh, – what the postseason refs are going to do, right? And so he came out. Did that, got up in Jalen Brown's face, you know, did all the usual Draymond bullshit. But honestly, to me, that's what you need. You don't want the docile version of Draymond Green where he's no. like, at Horford, shoot a three, do whatever. You're saying, like, no, no, no. If you're going to do that, don't even play. I don't, don't even get on the court if that's going to happen. But if you are yeah, going to get on the court, don't the need only to... way you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, don't need Dray- Dray- we don't need Draymond out there to do like very careful passes to the, to the wing. You right, know? Don't like, be loony I, out there. Be you, yeah. right? Don't be loony. I need. I need Draymond to be a leader at all times. And he, you know what? Like at some point, Draymond's going to be the old guy and you're going to, it's going to be a little like Udonis Haslam and it's going to be kind of annoying. Right. But it's not there yet. And like the reality is he is still the second most important player on this team. He is one of the leaders of this team and he needs to set the tempo and do those things as long as he, like, if he can't do that stuff physically, then we have a different conversation about who this team is going forward. But as long as he can still do those things physically and impact the game as kind of a defensive anchor, he has to play that way because he's, you know, he, he's not LeBron James. He can't like chill mode three quarters no. and then take over. No. you feel like no. that's not no. why he's a great player. No. He knows it. He knows it no. too. Like it's, so. His whole thing is like, I need to be the intensive force that makes the team go. Uh, in, in terms of his matchup, I mean, his matchup is mostly that they, they made a bit of an adjustment where they gave him Jalen Brown. They gave him more Tatum, less less roaming off of Derek White and stuff like that and and, and put Wiggins more on t- the usual. But then also GPT, but, you put, put him on Jalen Brown, right? So I thought it was a more of like a, hey, let Draymond go mano y Put Draymond in the center of the action. By the way, shout out yes. friend of the yes. show, Aaron Larsoul, who called that out in our preview. Yeah. We, we went to his previous, but um, he called out. He's like, I, I would put him on Jalen Brown because like guarding Horford in the corner is worthless and free safety with no one guarding Horford is a, a dangerous thing. So put him on the ball like they did with Jalen Brunson. Um, I thought that was smart. And they did that. They did that. And it, it worked. It worked tonight. Yep, it did. I, I also thought the uh, – the Boston front court is – the long series is not good for these guys. Robert Williams couldn't move tonight, Sam. 
Uh, and that's not anything to do with the Warriors. I think he's just injured. He's just not healthy. And and that's a game changer, I think, for Boston. It's not good for them. Steph is born right by him every single time. He's not really affecting Steph at all. Um, and then Al Horford was money in game one. But I, I think he's going to wear down this series. I, I think I, I think for him to be able to go up and down with this Warriors team and grind out a 6-7 game series is going to be really tough for him. And then Grant Williams is a really fun player, but I don't think is good enough to to affect the game at an NBA Finals level, I think the front court matchup all of a sudden does lean towards Golden State a little bit, where they start to get the advantage, where you don't have to worry about shot uh, shot protection. You don't really have to worry about rebounding as much anymore. That really, really helps Draymond and Looney and those guys, and especially like Clay and Paul and, and Steph kind of get into the hole in Wiggins. Yeah, I mean, and that's the other thing. You, you want, like... Take Draymond off of Horford, not because he can't guard him, but Horford's kind of an ancillary player. I do wonder if Looney can't start imposing his will more and more in minutes. Like, he's he's obviously a phenomenal offensive rebounder. The longer the series goes, yep. is that not going to get more valuable as every player in the series is, like, dead legs and it's more like who's going to get the second chance points? Like, Looney in some ways I feel like is going to actually have a bigger impact in game five and six when we get there. They does in game three and four. Um, so I do think that plays the Warriors' advantage. Um, let's talk Steph Curry, and then let's yeah. get into a little clay and yep. pool. T- give me your impression of Steph tonight. Uh, all the best versions of Steph Curry was there for three straight quarters. And by all the stuff, best uh, versions of Steph, number one, the shooting. Uh, incredible, the three-point shooting. They started playing weird coverage. They were just out of, out of whack, Boston's defense was giving Steph open threes after screen. So that's number one. They also went huge high pick before, and roll. Before, before, right. we, before we get into that, like, mm, mm. no play. I, my favorite thing about Steph is how he fucking terrifies people to the point where they're playing the dumbest cover. Like, you, you, you saw the Celtics do it in this game where they're just like, wow, we can't have that. Like, we got we got to send a guy from the, the third deck to come in here and guard him too. And, like, they get – he – I mean, Steve Kerr said this once in a press conference a couple of years ago. Steph puts the fear of God into opponents. And, like, that's really what he does. Like, he, he makes people, like, con- consistently reconsider the way they want to guard anything. Never seen anything like it. Uh, they put three, four guys on him in the first, first quarter. And then that, that, to the second part, Sam, too, is – Steph didn't have a single bad turnover. I'm throwing the clay one in the beginning where he throws the ball up and gets it picked off Jimmy Garoppolo style. Let's not even talk about that one. But other than that, I thought Steph did a great job. It's a weird thing about this Boston defense. They don't really turn the Warriors over that much, huh? It doesn't feel like the Warriors are that uncomfortable like the way they were against Memphis. Now, I think their defense is better, the the Boston defense. But it's weird because I feel like Steph is not as – Steph and Draymond especially is not as affected by the length and the size and the quickness like they were against Memphis. So I thought Steph did a great job of getting people involved and not making dumb passes. So I thought that was the second piece, which was huge. And then the third piece was, can we talk about Steph's defense, Sam? Steph's defense? That was incredible tonight. All he NBA, looked like GPT, right? All NBA defense looking like the glove out there. Dude, the the, the play he had in the third quarter where, um, was it Tatum drove by him? And he swiped down. I was just like, oh, you, you – <laughs> You have to be kidding me. This guy's this guy's just showing up. This guy would rather have a strip steal on defense than hit eight threes in a row. Just just because he wants to prove he can do it. Yep. Yep. I, I think just change the change the narrative narrative about him, which we knew I think this season Steph's whole thing was he's he's become a very, very good defender. But to see him do it in an NBA finals uh atmosphere 
as the guy that teams are picking on is really insane to see, all while shouldering the offensive load because I think he was and he is by far across two games the best player of the series. Not even close. It is not even close how much better he is than everyone else, which should make you confident if you're a Warriors fan that the Warriors are going to win this series. Uh, it's never been more pronounced than right now, Sam. I, I think that's a really, really, really crazy thing uh, to see is the shooting, the defense, the passing, the playmaking. Steph is complete, locked in. Complete, ma- complete mastery of his craft. Yep. Um, yep. I cut you off earlier, but we obviously have to talk about this part of the Steph game. They went heavy high pick mm. and roll in the third quarter, which I think actually, you know, if you are a Celtics fan listening to this getting mad, I think – that's kind of a tip of the cap to the Celtics. Like the Warriors felt like they couldn't fuck around, to be honest with you. They're just like, we need to, we need to go into our bread and butter. We know their bread and butter is Steph Draymond high pick and roll. Like good luck guarding it. We're going to generate a good shot out of it every time. Um, But that also lets me know the Warriors were serious about this series because they're like, these guys are good. We can't we can't risk the O2. We need to go to our bread and butter and make it work. Steve Kerr masterclass was was that what it was? Um, I, I agree with you. And I was Kerr four point six. At this point, it's like version eight dot sixteen. Uh, I, 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 said, I said Windows XP. Kerr XP. Kerr. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have we ever seen? I mean, we saw Steve do this against Dallas. Uh, we saw. Uh, Steven Steph do this against Denver attacking uh, Jokic. I think the Warriors would have done this against John Morant uh, if that series went longer, if Ja was still healthy, which is why I think that series was kind of weird because the Warriors were were kind of figuring out how to attack a Ja defense, right? So I, I think they're doing it more and more where like the rest of the NBA, they're just attacking guys. And I think that's what I think is sustainable in this series though, Sam, don't you think? Because the point I made about Horford and, and Robert, uh, Robert Williams looking a little gassed or injured that's only going to get worse and worse against a team that has to constantly guard Steph Curry. Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year Marcus Smart, have you felt Marcus Smart this series? Have you felt like he's been able to do anything against Steph Curry? It it feels a little weird because Marcus Smart is a very good defensive player. It feels like he's had no impact. Every team would love Marcus Smart on their team, and he does Mm -hmm. his job. But Mm -hmm. I I always feel like uh, Brown and Tatum are a little more impactful defensively, personally. I don't. I, I do agree with you. I don't feel like I don't feel like we've had a Marcus Smart takeover the way that like because because he is kind of a guard version of Draymond, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's always like the thing people say. And like realistically, you watch him, he is he's the he's like yeah. the center of the communication. He's the guy who gets he's like the help defender who gets everywhere. Um, and maybe he has that big game in game three or four. Who knows? But like watching the first two games, I I have not felt his defense be. You know, it hasn't been Draymondish. That's all. I'm gonna yeah, say. it's a little, it's a little odd. I feel I thought he would be better, but the Warriors are, are doing a good job just getting him off of picks, and maybe they have to fight a little off, better off of picks and stuff like that. But I think Steph is at a level right now. It's like it's like Andre Godala trying to guard LeBron, right, or trying to guard KD back in the day, where Andre sublime defensively. So sometimes it just it doesn't matter when you go up against guys that are just that good. And I think Steph is just going to be that good. But, but you'll better, you, they'll get a better Marcus Smart in Boston uh, in, in three yeah. or four. And but it's, not, it's not like he's been bad. He just hasn't been game-changing. No, know? no. So. Masterclass Steph performance, the best player. Just incredible stuff. It didn't even hit 30. It doesn't count. Um, <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk Clay and Poole. Yeah. First half, well, first off, game one, they were, they were both terrible. Um, <laughs> the first half of game two, they were also 
really bad. Worse. AD, they were worse. They were worse in game one, game two, than they were in game one in the first half. Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, not unfair. I think in quarter three they started turning it around a little bit, but like even that, it just felt like the team started turning around. Where are you at with these guys? Because Clay going four for nineteen. Look, some of that's terrible shot making, but some of that's just like bad decision making. Yeah. And pool six or fourteen, but he didn't really get into it till the Warriors started blowing it out. To be honest, right. like right. I think I at least three of those buckets were when the Warriors were up twenty. So I'm, right. I'm not like yeah. given that. Like they have been very important for the Warriors in the first three rounds of the Western Conference, and they've not been good so far. Yeah, I, I think across two games, you maybe can count yourself a little bit lucky that you're up. I mean, maybe you could argue you could be up 2-0 and, and Clay and Steph both haven't been good so far, right? I, I think that's part of it. I, I love that we uh, clump these two guys together because they are very similar in the way that they just be shooting no matter what. They are just shooting the ball. Hey, look, well, and that's good. What, what, was that, what was that tweet about Jordan Poole? <laughs> look, the guy plays basketball like they're <laughs> like they're a beautiful woman in the stands. That, that's Jordan Poole. That's the- I just got, I just got Clay too, though. these guys just don't care and again like these that's a good thing it's also a bad thing right we saw in the first half uh it could be a bad thing i think defensively though it's a it's maybe an issue that i think they're trying to fix if clay's going to be that bad shooting the ball at least give him something defensively i thought he was a little bit better tonight because they took him off Jalen brown a little bit more so it's a little bit easier for him uh jordan pool same thing they try to pull him off of guys that are going to get the ball more often to make it easy for him uh it just was a little bit better for for Jordan Poole at the end of the third quarter, but I'm with you. Both guys just pretty bad so far across two games. I don't know what what you can say optimistically can change outside of, I mean, they're just going to make those shots in games three, four, five, and six, right? Like you would assume those guys are just going to make those shots. Uh, they're too good to keep missing those shots is the only thing I can say. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that's what it comes down to. Try to take the ball out of their hands playmaking-wise. Uh, trust that they're shooters because they are. Like, like if Clay's not gonna hit shots, like I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like yeah. he's one of the yeah. best shooters of all time. It's pretty. We he he's also had bad games in the past. It happens, you know. So th- that part of it, I think the Warriors leaning into defense and making them more ancillary pieces you throw around defense was probably the smartest adjustment you can make. And like you said, taking them off of Jalen Brown, smartest move, Steve Kerman. Yep. Yep. Yep, and I think it was it was kind of an obvious adjustment. I think part of that is you don't tell a player of Clay's ilk. It's hard to tell a player like him to say, "Hey, you're going to come off Jalen Brown" without first having him realize that he can't guard Jalen Brown at, at least right now, right? So I, I think that maybe some people are going to say, "Well, they should have done that earlier." I don't know. Like Clay's just been that great defensively in his career. It's hard to just tell him, "Hey, you can't guard him." Now I, I know I mentioned this kind of in the. In the in the pre pod too is or in the in the one of the post game pods is dude if you're gonna put him on Horford and Horford tries to post you up win Warriors win every time every single time and they tried that and it didn't work <laughs> because Clay's strong as hell and if Horford's gonna post up let him you're, if he's gonna kill you posting up let him it's like it's like right. it's like it's like Tatum and Brown if those guys are gonna kill you and each of those guys are gonna average thirty five points on sixty percent shooting let him. I mean, that's just looking. And, and, and I mean, like, I think that's a thing that people have to program themselves around. Like, if they're going to kill you in the post, like, fine, whatever. It's not a high percentage. What you don't want is them getting downhill driving kicks because that go. will actually murder. That it, It's free throws. It's a layup or it's an open three every time. And um, 
at this stage, Clay's not the guy physically to deny Jalen Brown at point of attack before the drive. Nope. nope. He's better being the physical defender on someone like Horford. So smart adjustment. Smart nope. all-around adjustment. No complaints. Can I give a shout? Oh, we got to talk about a couple more guys um, here. Uh, actually, we're probably going to talk about them with the with the goon questions. But I want to give a shout out to a couple more guys. So GB two and Wiggs, uh, elite defenders, elite defenders. I know you're going to talk about GB two, so I'm going to talk about Wiggs. It is not said enough that he is guarding Tatum full court. He is guarding Tatum all game long, no matter what. I'll get to the offense too because he didn't shoot very well, but I thought it was great. Uh, did that with Luca as well. It's it just his quick, his ability to contest a shot without fouling is so impressive. Uh, even we've seen guys like Draymond and Clay foul trying to contest. We never see that Wiggins. I, I think he's less aggressive contesting, but I think he's doing just enough against Tatum to where it just really affects the shot. Offensively, he's doing things that we never seen Harrison Barnes do, uh, and and he's in that Harrison Barnes ish role, getting offensive rebounds. Uh, taking threes and shooting threes, not just from the corner, right? And he's also has some off-the-dribble game getting to the hole. I think it's the offensive rebounding that's been huge. He's just not scared. And I think for someone like me, I have to apologize because I talked for almost two years about how I did not believe so in Andrew I, so Wiggins. That's why I never play. <laughs> that's why I don't play. That's why I don't coach. Uh, he is showing that uh, that he's a postseason player easily. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, look, obviously I agree with everything you're saying. I think that's the wild part about it is um, – I always wondered how Wiggins would respond to an adverse situation. Like part of the reason we love Draymond Green and we're willing to ride with him when he podcasts after a two point game uh, is he's proven time and time again. uh, If he gets beat, he gets beat, but he's not going to get, you know, no, he's not going to get punked. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's, um, he's mentally tough. And uh, I didn't know if Wiggins was mentally tough. Nothing in Minnesota suggested to me he was mentally tough. Nothing in year one in the Warriors suggested to me he was mentally tough. And, uh, you know, just go with logic on that one, which is I I just don't I don't I don't think he's Draymond. I don't think he's Iguodala. I I don't think he's Clay Thompson. And you know what? He's still not. In the sense of those guys are three-time right. champion Hall of Famers. Sure. But he's significantly more mental t- mentally tough than I ever gave him credit for. And he's at least proven to me that, like, stereotyping him off of a bad team was objectively a mistake. That's the on one. Part. That, that's that's the a mistake one. I, on my part. That's a mistake on a lot of people's part, I think, uh, to looking at Andrew Wiggins. Because you would hear a lot of stuff about Andrew Wiggins on that team. Which oh, is, I he, think you give credit he to doesn't Wiggins, care. Can... Oh, he just wants his money. Right. Like, that sort of, like that's, those are the type of things you would hear. Yeah, you, and now, and I think part of this is kudos to, the, to Steph and, and the, this coaching staff and the Warriors organization. And then kudos to Andrew Wiggins because you just never know what someone is until you get to that stage. I'm not, you know, off the court stuff, sure, but I'm talking about. Who they are as a player, you don't know until you get to the NBA Finals. And this dude, this dude has been their second best player across two games. Consistently has been their second best player across the last couple of weeks. They're consistently been their second best player, right? It just doesn't seem like he has bad games because he's so good defensively. And uh, what a what a treat. What a treat. And I'm watching GP2 do his press conference. You want to talk about GP for a second? That's your guy. Yeah, I thought GP and then we're going to open this to callers. Like, uh, honestly, dude hairline fracture any fracture 
I, I'm assuming it was hairline. That's irrelevant. But like fracture on his shooting elbow, playing through it. I was, I assumed that because he didn't play game one, they were worried about um, how he'd respond. And like, I honestly, actually, no, I feel very confident. That's why he didn't play game one. Um, fracture your elbow the way he did, which sucks. It was a freak injury. Uh, you know, Dylan Brooks kind of dumbass for the whole thing and, and just everything around it to be able to come into a game, your first game back in the NBA finals and have no hesitation. Look, like anyone who's played at any level, like that's, that's tough, man. You have to be so mentally tough to not think about it and do that sort of thing. And I want to call that out because, like, even if he missed three shots today, and he didn't. But, I mean, if he missed shots, I'd still say the same thing. It, it takes it takes a certain amount of balls. Is all I'm <laughs> and I want, to, I want to throw it out there. And, you know, uh, these are my favorite type of stories because he got hit with adversity that, like, no one deserves that. No one deserves to get a cheap shot while they're going for a layup and have their – elbow broken and that sort of thing but he's playing through it like doing that it's it's very cool to see um obviously you and i both agree like hope the words retain him and all that sort of stuff but like, that's how we're talking about right now um it's a very easy player to root for like outside of steph dream outside of like the og core he's by far the easiest player on earth to root for I compared, you know, GP2 a little bit to, to JTA coming the season just in terms of the, his, his career trajectory to get become a Warriors. And, you know, and he says the shooting issues to, to see if he's going to be an NBA player made a three tonight. <laughs> uh, and now now he's one of the main reasons the Warriors turned the game around in game two. One of the main reasons that the Warriors did Celtics score in third quarter. I actually don't think they scored. I think they had zero points they, across 12 minutes. <laughs> don't, don't be hyperbolic. They had three points. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was insane. It was insane. And, and part of that is, you know, we talked about Wiggins and, and Draymond and, and Looney and those guys, but, but GP two, just uh, another guy you could throw at, at, I think maybe a little bit easier on Jalen Brown. Tatum got his buckets on him a little bit, but I think overall, man, whenever you have a guy out there, that's, he makes game-changing defensive plays. Andrew Wiggins is a great defender, I think, at this point, but he's like Clay, right? He's he's get your guy, smart uh, scouting report. GP2 is like, I'm just going to get three steals here. I'm just going to get a couple steals, pick six down the quarter, and just make shit happen. He's that type of – He plays, uh, he plays defense <laughs> as offense, which, like, there's – How many guys ah, in go. NBA – It's a good one, yeah. How many guys yeah. in NBA actually do that? Six? Seven? You know, like, that. that's the point. Herb Jones! Like, <laughs> I, I'm a big Herb guy. Herb doesn't, Herb doesn't do that. So <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, I'm going to move this forward. I think it's time we get to the goons. Let's get to the they've goons. Heard enough, they've heard enough of you and me waxing poetic. They need to. They need to be heard. Go to our leadoff hitter, um, Jeremy Giambi. Ryan, what's up? <laughs> yes. Hey, what's up? Uh, man, I, first of all, I, I just want to put this out there. If you look at the totality of the series, we've won six out of the eight quarters, and we've had the two most uh, dominant. You, sa- you, sound, you sound like the Celtics. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Not, not, yeah, to, not I, to bully you, but I, I got to call it out. I'm not, I'm not that guy. No, 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 they they won game one. They won it. But I'm just saying in totality, like the media talk was about how the Celtics are this unmovable force and we're, we're right there with them. And I feel like their defense is slightly overrated, especially with this Rob Williams injury. It's, it, it reminds me of Dallas's defense, but on steroids a bit. That's where I'm at with them. I think Memphis was a tougher physical matchup for us because they moved laterally much better than this Boston defense. And Steph is just getting looks he was never getting against Memphis. And yeah, now I'm officially going to game five. Got the ticket locked in. See him in the Bay for a closeout game. Woo, closeout game. That's that's a cocky, wow. cocky Strong take, call. Ryan. Wow. I'm not sure I'm ready to go there, but I'm going to let you yeah. it. And Ryan, by the way, you know, if you're coming up for the Bay, Andy and I will take you out to dinner, you know, eight uh, $8.00. Maximum in terms of pan <laughs> entrees. <laughs> we'll get we'll get some in and out. That's that's about it. Uh, but yeah, we'll get hey, some preview. Hey, no, no double double. That's too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Tommy, Tommy, put some in. What's up, guys? So I'm watching the game tonight, and I'm watching GP2. I'm watching Loon. I'm watching Porter. And I know we don't need to look to the off season yet, but I'm thinking Joe's only got one choice. You got to give them all finals gate. 12 for Loon, 12 for GP2. You got to give Otto Porter the three year Sean Livingston mid level. Got to bring him back, run it back to this crew. Thanks, fellas. I appreciate it, Tommy. I appreciate the call. Um, I, I actually, so like, I'm just going to run run this real quick and then we're going to, we'll talk about this in the offseason more. Um, by NBA rules, the Warriors can give Looney anything, they can max him. So they have no issue retaining him. Um, by NBA rules, the most they can give to Otto Porter is the taxpayer mid-level. So up to like six. And by NBA rules, they can give GP2 up to like nine and a half or ten because they have their early bird rights. I think they have a chance to retain all three. Because oh I don't, my I don't, God. I don't think I don't I don't think Looney's getting a max. Um, I don't think uh, No, you don't, you don't, you know. Uh. 
He, I mean, I mean, our guy Vivek up in sack, you know, he's, he's always wild card. <laughs> friend of the but, show, uh, Vivek Ronadive, by the way. Friend of the show, you know. Yeah, Andy and I and him go out to sushi all the time. Um, and uh, what was I going to say? Like, I, I do think they're in a good position to retain those guys. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about that time. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about that another time. I, I uh, like his confidence with the team getting back. And then after all that, you can also bring back Wiggins and, and Jordan Poole on Maxis. So, you know. What's tax? Yeah, but, but those, guys, tax. those guys, those guys also know, like another year before you have to make a decision. So, I know, so, but do it anyway. You know, it's a championship if they win one. But yeah, keep, you, let, keep let, let everyone get paid. You know, <laughs> give, give, paid. give Andy a two-way. Let's go. <laughs> SK, what's up, man? <clears throat> yo, yo, what's up, guys? How much? How you doing, man? That was a great game, but uh, Clay stunk it up again, man. I don't even know what to do <laughs> at this point. Uh, hopefully he does better next game, but Poole stepped up. Having DP2 back was huge. What do you guys think uh, we do for game three? We play uh, Clay more? I feel like, I don't know, man. You know, even on defense, he's, he's just not there. And offense, is just... He he's the shot like every like twenty minutes maybe. <laughs> uh, let me start on the clay stuff for a second, Sam. Um, because I was as frustrated as with, with clay as anyone else, and I was even more frustrated with Jordan Poole. I think at some point I tweeted like, "Hey man, like I, you gotta sit Poole. I, I don't think you come back with him in the second half." Uh, but that, again, that is why I'm not a, a head coach. I'm not a coach of anything. Uh, and he comes back and full plays better in the second half. Uh, with Clay Thompson, we've seen this before. We've seen this before, maybe not this bad because he's coming off so many injuries and he's so rusty, but mark these words. He will make eight threes in Boston, whether it be game three or whether it be game four, they will want to win one of those games, right? <laughs> and that'll be that. And you're going to, and we're all going to sit here and we're going to jump on Spotify live. And we're going to be happy. We're going to call uh, game three clay, you know, the best clay that we're going to get, but that's just, that's just who clay is, right? Uh, should he have shot better shots? Maybe probably, right? He took some dumb shots, but, uh, I think you kind of live and die with that. Uh, I think the Warriors did a good job, though, defensively of making his life easier. That was the main part. Yeah, and that's where um, that's where GP2 comes into the mix, where it's usually more wing options. So you're not, like, asking yep. Clay to be 2018, we need 45 minutes, two-way play from you, Clay. Uh, they obviously have Wiggins, who is the guy they asked to do like like 75 percent of that um but they need more options because clay at this stage of his career with the injuries he's had he's a little up and down and and that's okay uh but you have to have the options if he's down to throw someone else out there um and and that's the thing like gp is kind of that that wild card that they didn't have um last round or in game one that they have now do you think he could have played game one I don't. I think, you think you think three days made that big of a difference? No, but like I, I also think adrenaline was a major factor in this. Like I think he's dealing with I mean he's dealing with it, he's dealing with a fracture to shoot a elbow. Like I don't know. He he could easily not be able to shoot the ball in game two. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, okay. Good point. Good point. He in game three he might he might just not be able to move that. Yeah, you're right. I we don't know how healthy he is. It's he not just, it's, it's like, not affecting his legs. Like we know that, but it's like if you don't feel confident using your the arm in which it's it's injured, like that's a problem with basketball. So yeah, yeah. we'll we'll see. Anyway, um, let's move forward. Elias, what's up, man? Uh, what's up, guys? 
Um, I, just go, wanted, uh, I just want to say Jordan Poole is the youngest player in NBA Finals history to hit five threes. And then I think that if he stays hot like this, then I think we'll be able to win the series easily. And I don't think it's really an issue with Clay because I feel like he'll come back next game and shoot well. And, yeah, that's all I have. Ooh, I like it. The, the contrarian take to, to old man Andy and me. Um, because, like, look, they've not played particularly well the first two games. What if they start hitting shots? On a more consistent basis, yep. you know. Yep, I think that's that's the one where uh, they are going they are going to hit shots. I think Clay probably can stay on the floor more than than uh, than Paul, but I mean those guys are they're going to hit shots at some point. It's just it's how it's going to be. Uh, by the way, I'm watching Kevon Looney uh, highlights on NBC Sports. Um, what a game! We, we didn't talk I need, about I, I need I need to cut this up. By the way, I'm watching. Oh, highlights. My, oh my god! <laughs> 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 just, just uh, the ultimate, the ultimate hipster sound drop. Hey, by, by the way, you know how people do defensive breakdowns and stuff like that. We need one for Looney. We need one for GP two. I look, Joe Varey, maybe friend of the show, Joe Varey can put one out for uh, before game three there. Look, but there we know, we know up. everyone. We know everyone listens to the show. Friend of the show, Nate Duncan. Friend of the show, uh, yeah. Ben Taylor. Friend of the show, <laughs> uh, Tim Legler. Like, let's get those. <laughs> let's get those Looney breakdowns. You guys are missing easy downloads because the man is just the goat, you know? Yeah, they don't, I mean, yeah. No, Tim Legler. Let's, let's be real about it. We, we, want, we want a loony statue and we want a loony video breakdown. <laughs> That's all I want. Kavon Gooney in the chat. That's a great one. That is a great nickname. All right, Tyrus. I like that one. Tyrus, what's up, man? I'm right with you on the loony thing, guys. I think, honestly, the assistant coach we brought in, Decky, or however you pronounce his name, is probably the most valuable new add to the Warriors this year. Did you see Looney's pump fake and layup where he faked out? I think it was Robert Williams. I have never seen the guy finish like this. It's outrageous. Yeah. I, I mean, without a doubt, we got to give Mihailovic credit. You know, just peak Warriors. Signed the best big man coach on the market to help Wiseman, and what happens? They kind of turn Looney into Charles Barkley. You know, like, and he's just kind of he's kind of he's kind of the best big in the NBA now. I mean, but like Looney, look, and and that's by the way not a joke at Wiseman's expense. Like he's gonna get healthy, things are gonna get better for him, etc. But like. I do feel like the Warriors have had a lot of success with guys that have been kind of quote unquote overlooked, you know, like the Looney, the Draymond, those type of guys. And if you create a good organization with good coaching, like if you have a guy who cares, like they're going to figure it out. Yep. Uh, that's so funny. I'm, I'm laughing because you brought up Mihailovic and, and, and uh, his work with the big men. I think I'm surprised there isn't a feature done like MT Slater in front of the show. Like what, what are you guys doing there? Like what, what's athletic paying you for? We, we need some articles out on. Oh, Mihailovic. oh you think, you think, you think the organization is going to let him run a feature on Mihailovic helping anyone. But um, anyway, never mind. God, you uh, know what? Yeah. You know what? You're right. <laughs> Samuel, let's keep it moving. You're keep it moving. <laughs> Yeah, this is too happy a night to get into that stuff. <laughs> Dr. Martin with the Kramer picture. Yeah, so, uh, so guys, it's a great game. Um, you guys said earlier that uh, Marcus Spart, no one had really felt his presence yet, right? So I'll take it one step further. I'd say Steph Curry's been better on D than Marcus Smart this series thus far. 
I I will know which by the way, Martin, yes. I appreciate it. I will know which yes. Celtics fans listen to our pod because I will get text messages from people that like, come on, man, you can't you how how dare you not correct him on that statement? <laughs> but there's nothing to correct because you might be accurate. <laughs> Uh, Steph Curry's <laughs> anticipation on defense is, is out of this world at this point. I think he's always been a smart defensive player, but he's always been like reckless with the way he's just running into people and trying to do too much. Now that he's like, now that he's aggro, so much stronger, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a little overcompensating. It's like a little bit of like, ah, I almost did a Chris Paul comparison, Sam, but I will not. Uh, but I just think his, his way of now understanding the passing lanes and all that, and he's just not, he's just not getting thrown around. We never see Steph on the floor anymore on defense and and that's what we used to see so often uh because he was just he was just wasn't as good wasn't as big wasn't as smart as he is now i think that's seven seven steph never missed a 6 a.m workout unlike you and me so oh god i don't even know i don't even know what 6 a.m is is steph better than marcus smart defensively absolutely here's the thing here's the here's the thing sam here's the thing too he's doing this while being the best offensive player in the world like he's doing this defensively while doing that Come on. Let's get Brady up here. What's up, Brady? Hey, guys, from Arkansas again. Hey, Appreciate uh, it. I had two things real quick. Now, the first one with Clay is, you know, with all the bad shots, don't you just still feel this sense of comfort from him, you know, with him being on the court? Like, no matter how many bad shots he takes, there's a sense of the defense still has to respect him, and that's the biggest reason you have him on the floor. And then on defense, he's stocky. He can guard Horford. And the second thing is, you guys haven't really mentioned Bielitsa, but those 11 minutes, I know he's minus seven plus minus, but didn't you really feel him on the court more so than normal? So I just wanted to shout out Bielitsa. Ooh, I, I like that. All right, Brady, I appreciate the call. So first off, I do agree with the overall premise of Clay. Like until defenses don't respect him like he's old school Clay Thompson, like he always, ha- he still has a star's presence. He's still a star. Yep. I think they brought that up at the end. And one of the few things that Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy said that anybody in the world agrees with uh, was that, yeah, I mean, end of the day, they still have to guard Clay like he's, he's Clay Thompson. He's a knockdown shooter. He's a star. Yeah, exactly. Aren't they the worst? They're just the worst. Uh, but uh, if and if, if for some reason, like I always joke around, like, hey, if if teams want to stop doubling stuff, that's fine too. I find it interesting. I don't mean <laughs> to. Ta- I don't. I don't. I, I don't mean to take this another way. But I'm a little bit surprised that Boston isn't blitzing stuff more. But hey, hey, by all means, don't do that. So yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, they, they got away with it in game one. So you know, like I, I actually, you bring up a good point. I think we're going to see a disgusting blitz in Boston. That's what I think we're going to see. Whether it's like early in game three or like game four, at some point they're going to be like, we can't let this guy beat us. None of these guys know how to dribble the ball. So let's like, uh, let's, let's, let's mug him in the backcourt. Let's mug him at the three quarters point line. And that's when Clay needs to show up, right? That's when Clay needs to make those shots and he's going to get the wide open shots. Um, so that might be that maybe that's maybe that'll coincide with clay and pool playing better. So we'll see. We might've just talked ourselves into that adjustment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it does. It's, it is what it is, but like you win a game with clay playing that poorly. Like, yes, it gives him another game to figure his shit out. So, um, Jospin, what's up, man? Or, Hi guys. Uh, how you doing? Um, I thought the biggest story of that game is just how suffocating our defense was in the second half. Um, 
and I remember it reminded me of like I remember when I was listening to the Low Post once. They had this stat that the Warriors' defense was number one at the time in the first two months, and the difference between number one and number two was bigger than the difference between number two and number ten. And I think when Draymond went down, we kind of forgot how good our defense is as well, and everyone's been talking about Boston this game. But yeah, it was it was crazy in the third in the third quarter. Jospin, where in England are you from? Oh, London, London. So it's currently like four and a half, half four in the morning, and I'm so glad we won because if I <laughs> turned up to work tired after a loss, oh my god. Oh which, man, which, couple which, coffees. Which part of London? Who's your team? Um, oh, I I don't support a, a London football team, but I live in South Southeast. Nice. Okay, I appreciate it. I just you know, um, for those who don't know, my my um my family. I have a bunch of family who's lived or come through that area of the country or of the world. So I always get curious with that, but I do agree with you, Jocelyn. I do agree with you. Can I read you a quote really quickly? Can I read you a quote, Samuel? I, you can, you can, you can cut me off and read me a quote. Uh, all right. All right. Draymond Green. It all starts with Steph. When KD was here, our offense still started with Steph. Your thoughts. My man is trying to get that extension. <laughs> So bad. <laughs> Bob, Bob, Bob told him seven, seven, and seven is not getting you 20. <laughs> and, and he's out here going, but have you considered what I can do for Steph Curry's legacy? <laughs> That's what look, he's, he, Draymond's like, look, Andre Godala looks, loves Steph, but he don't got the reach that I do. You know, I'm, <laughs> I got a podcast on the volume Pop. network. Top five in Apple, top five in Spotify. Ask Joe what that's going to do for revenue. You know, <laughs> hey, I get it. I'm, actually, I'm doing, I'm doing the math on it. I, you can, you know, it, it might make the Warriors a lot of money. Um, uh, I, mean, I just, I just appreciate. Uh, honestly, I appreciate him saying it because everyone and everyone knows it. And I thought it was the corniest thing on earth where people like try to pretend it's not a thing, you know, like, like it just makes me mad when people are like, oh, that's not the truth. It's like, blah, blah, blah. Like he can't go one-on-one with someone else. I'm like, if you can't go one-on-one with someone else, why do teams spend four bodies guarding him? Like, shut the fuck up, you know, like it's kind of, it, it just started getting tiresome because it's like dishonest about what's going on on the floor. Anyway, Sam's on, Sam's on fire tonight. I got nothing for you, man. That's that's what I like to hear. Let's keep it moving. I'm too sleep deprived to to get mad. So what do you I, think? I, when I, do you when do you think the next I'm go, time I'm is going dad mode? When do you think you'll ever sleep again? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Give me um give me this ring and we'll talk. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's our guy Ty. The legend, Ty. Ty's going to come in with some hot takes and just immediately leave. And not even hot, just like Ty's, Ty's planned out the way, you know, when she takes. Right, he takes. right. You. Three bullet points. What's up, man? What's up, brother? What's going on? Uh, how y'all doing? 
I'm good. What What's up, man? Where, where's the energy? You high? What's going? What's going? What's going? <laughs> Always. Like, what, what are we doing? <laughs> um, I mean, either this is gonna be, you know, 2012 um, Miami OKC or 2019 the uh, Golden State Toronto. No in between. I've been convinced at this point. I feel like the Warriors are the better team. Have been. I think the Celtics. But which? Kind of but they which is the? Inside. <laughs> Which of the two – okay, so I agree with you because that's a, a hedge and a half answer. For Which sure. Which way are you leaning? Oh, uh, definitely Warriors and five, for sure. I think they're the better team, oh. have the best player. Um, I don't agree that Steph's a better defender than Marcus Smart, but I think he's better than Jason Tatum. I think that's like a real – like a, in, in real life, a real conversation. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like – Man, that's seven for seven. It's easy to say, oh, they made shots and them shits were open, but like, I don't know. So uh, wait, hold on, hold on, Ty. You think that the other way is the the 2019 where the Warriors lost to Toronto? That, that's what you think. You think there's a chance the Warriors lose in six here to Boston? Well, I mean, there's, always, I, there's always a chance. Right, right. there's always a chance. It's more so, honestly, I've been gaslit by like, uh, like I, I, I feel like the Warriors are clearly the better team. Harala Bob told me the the Celtics have a better offense. And they scored 88 points. I don't know. Shit's weird out here. But okay, uh, okay. Personally, <laughs> I think it, 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 I think number four is on the way. Whatever's clever. Second um, <laughs> up. I appreciate you. And we're getting we're getting drinks if number four comes. That's what's coming down. We gotta do a light years gotta do a light years party when that happens. By the way, Sam. That's uh. Oh, that's not even that's not even a question. But yeah, we're you know what I. I'm not going to speak it into existence beforehand because that's bad karma. Yeah, that is bad karma. I find that interesting that – that uh, anyway, let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. All right, let's get to our guy, Joey. Oh, Joey's got a great AV. He's got good, a Kelly Oubre cycle. What's up, brother? Yeah, man, just still still reliving the Kelly Oubre days, you know. Um, no, my question to you guys is obviously the Warriors, um, they kind of like spammed the high pick and roll tonight, which was good to see. But – Obviously, you know, the finals is about adjustments. Boston's going to adjust to that. Do we think they just hard hedge Steph and force the trap? Because if so, that reminds me a lot of 2015 of how he lost the Western Conference finals MVP, or sorry, the, the finals MVP, because they just trapped his pick and roll and then he wasn't really involved in the action, but they were winning the game. So I'm wondering uh, what your guys' take is on how Boston adjusts. First off, I agree with you. At some point, Boston's going to start throwing multiple eyes at Steph. To trap him. Second off, I dare anyone, if the Warriors win the series, to give the MVP to anyone other than Steph Curry. I dare you to do it. I, I, I like. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Full docs. Um, no, <laughs> it's like, come on, man. At this point, eight years into this run, after everything we've seen. Steph Curry doesn't need to score a point to be the MVP. No. Like, how is anyone the MVP if we acknowledge nothing works without one player? It's always the MVP. Yep. And and I don't care about the award. And I don't care about anything of that. I just care about people acknowledging it. So, like, I do think we've moved beyond the point where, like, that matters. Um, no, we have not. I disagree. We have not. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 give don't give uh people that much credit anyway keep uh, my, my my petty my petty friend i appreciate you more than anyone <laughs> um uh i hear you on that um i think the Warriors need to do what they need to do to win and if if they even dare to not acknowledge the reason which the Warriors win 
uh, Andy and I are going to, you know, we're, we're fighting for democracy. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get Eric to do, do some good work. I, I think, yeah, the point is Steph is by far the best player across two games in this series so far. I don't well, think that's it's, going it's to just one of the, It's just one of those things like, where like, nothing the Warriors do works without Steph on the floor. Like, huh? everything sure. they do is based off of the idea that, like, the defense reacts to him, like, fucking tying his shoe. You know? I was like, I was going to say, Sam, if if the game was within eight points after the end of the third, I was going to say Steph should just play all 12 in the fourth yeah. tonight. Yeah. I mean, what the hell else are you supposed to do? It, it, is what, it is what it is. Like, if you – I don't know how anyone could ever be the MVP when the defense tells you who the MVP is by their coverage. You know what I mean? Thank you, uh, Ty Lue. Yeah. Ty, Ty Lue. Tyloo, tip of the cap to my guy. Very respectable coach. He knows ball. He knows ball. <laughs> Michael, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, bro? You guys hear me? Yeah, uh, we can hear you. What's up, man? Long-time listener, first-time caller, like everyone else apparently. But um, Appreciate it. I just wanted to hop on and big up Gary Payton. I mean, what a great acquisition by the Warriors the last two seasons. He's been so huge tonight, plus 25 just just amazing presence taking some minutes away from uh pool and from clay but i just thought he was huge tonight i agree with you i appreciate the call and, and i've been i've been kind of on this too like andy you're with me on this it's um he changed the series it's like very admirable play like that's not an easy injury to play through like i know it doesn't no. affect his legs but like dude it hurts to lift your arm like you kind of need your arm to play basketball Particularly your shooting arm. Shooting arm, right. Particularly the shooting arm. Particularly also for a player that uh, can't shoot, quote unquote, so people leave him open. And yeah, tonight yeah, he comes they, they out. Play the, they played the right? Jeremy defense on him. And, and he comes out tonight and, as Fitz would say, rails a three. <laughs> just incredible performance, not just him coming back and playing, but him playing as well as he did. Uh, two totally different things, man. He could come out and he could play basketball. And if tonight he went 0 for 6, you and I would have sat here and been like, yeah, I mean, dude, what are you supposed to say? Right? But he came out here and played like that. Legend. All right. Mick, what's up, man? What is up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm here for the belly propaganda, guys. Um, oh, sorry. Um, I hope you guys are doing well, you know. Um, it's really... um. A great night for us. Um, one thing, just one thing for me tonight. Um, who would you rather have dinner with, Dave Portnoy or Bill Simmons? Ooh, that's deceptively <laughs> tough. I don't know if I want to answer on the record. Uh, I, w- I w- I'll answer. I'll answer it. No, nah, I know it. my answer. I, <laughs> my answer is the same as yours. I, I don't need to know your answer. I, so here's here's what I think. I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go answer it both ways. I think I'd rather go drinking and partying with Portnoy, uh, but I would rather have like a normal conversation with Bill Simmons because I think that's better for the Light Years podcast. I think that would be good for the brand. So how about you, Sam? I would also rather have dinner with Bill Simmons, who, um, by the way, I'll I'll just give credit. I'll, I'll be honest with you. He he's the podfather. Let's be real. He's the best. Um, yeah. It goes without saying. So he's uh. And the thing about but with that said, but with that said, uh, I will take I will take the invitation from either. So <laughs> I want I want a pizza with Portnoy. And the thing the thing about Simmons, the way I find seven, funny is seven I, out of ten. 
high sevens, high sevens. The thing about Sims, I always think it's funny. It's like when he does pods and Warriors fans, you know, kind of cut the pods and they got, they got all mad about it. And, you know, I love getting in there too. And it's always like, guys, he's a Boston Celtics fan. How do you expect him to do? He's not gonna. He's not gonna pick. He's not gonna pick the Warriors, man. He's not. Gonna, he's not gonna like the Warriors. He's a Celtics fan for like the last eighty years of his life. I don't know what you. I don't know what he's. I don't know what he's supposed to do. Uh, so I don't know. He's, he's a funny guy too. Agreed. Let's go to Paul. I love new listeners. I love new callers. Paul, Hello. Hello. yeah. Hi. Uh, shout out from Bangkok, Thailand. Uh, I was actually watching the game right now. And, you know, the moment uh, where Jordan Poole uh, hit the shot, uh, the, uh, the, the one be- uh, in the half-court shot, uh, we're having a watch party, so everyone's drinking early now, and everyone's shouting, like, uh, that's the cannonball run. And I asked someone why it's cannonball run. Uh, they just basically said that... Uh, uh, when you go into the pool and you shout cannonball, uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> just a funny story. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I appreciate it, Paul. That's great. From, ba- from Bangkok. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Andy, tell us about your trips to Thailand. I uh, no, no, I knew you. <laughs> I knew you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just messing with you, bro. Uh, uh... I was uh, I did a, I did a full moon uh, party of uh, uh, it was at Kopp Island. It was one of those half moon parties or whatever on a beach. Pretty sweet, pretty sweet stuff. Um, you know, good EDM music, good uh, good vibes. This is an off record. You know, you know? <laughs> well, he talked about Jordan Poole. He talked about that shot. Uh, it's crazy, Jordan Poole. He's an insane guy, isn't he? He just dude takes a half court shot. Uh, after after the way he's played, I actually appreciate. Uh, can we talk about that? I appreciate Paul putting that up because um, other players would say their percentage is there, and he's you know got respect. It. He's an he's an insane person, man. It's what makes him. It's he's that's why he's gonna be great. Mar, yo, you guys got me. Yeah, what's up, man? Hey, so I I um I really just want to make one point, man. You know, I I know Clay is. You know, coming back from these injuries, and obviously he's been playing inconsistent all along. But why can't we get this? Why can't we run no sets for this guy? Just get him some open looks off the catch and shoot. Because when he puts the ball on the deck, I mean, it it just it never looks like it's gonna go in. It always looks like it comes off flat. You know, he's not really getting enough legs on under his shot. But then we see it. What was it? Uh, I don't know if it was like third quarter or whatever, where he comes off a a drag screen and Dre hits him, and it's just a catch and shoot three, and it's like. Easy money. And, you know, for me, it's like, why can't Kurt just call no place for this guy and just get him some easy looks, you know, early in the game so that we can get him going more, you know? Yeah, I, I appreciate the the sentiment because I've thought about it a lot, too. I, I actually think it's a more on clay. I don't know if any agrees with me on this, but it's like um, they play such a read and react offense where it's just kind of like clay has to, like, recognize what his shot is versus what's not his shot. And there's a little like fighting for the shot that like maybe pre Achilles tear clay would take. You know what I mean? With you, I'm with you. Though I don't, I also disagree at the same time because I do think, like you said, the read and react offense doesn't. They're not running any plays for him like, because occasionally, he have the ball occasionally they do. Off time like, out, most, like most of the time, most of the time they don't. Yeah. 
Right. It's like off the, and so it's like it's easier, obviously, with Steph. And the other part is like I can't dribble the ball. He's never been able to dribble the ball. This is why we've always said, you know, for Jordan Poole, for him to ascend to be the player that he is now, especially in the regular season, it's made life so much easier for the Warriors because now they have two guys that can dribble the ball. So that's always hard with Clay because he's not a great dribbler at all. Um, I think the problem is he's just dribbled too much to try to find that shot. We saw that in the regular season, remember? Um, but he also just missed a bunch of just I wouldn't say they're open, Sam, but Clay makes them. Like he has the talent and skill to make those yeah, shots. It's, it's like um it's like it's like what? Seventy percent like I wish he took better shots, but like thirty percent like he should probably hit some of the shots he took. Yeah, exactly. You know. They'll steal one in Boston, they'll win one of the next two. Maybe two of the next two, and and one of them will be because Clay went bananas, and he made just ridiculous, just dumb shots. That that's what oh, Clay does. You sound like that ad. Clay's going bananas in the bay. <laughs> oh my god, do I sound like Fitz too? Yeah, yeah I miss yeah. I miss Fitz. By the way, it just. So I'm gonna tell the that we miss Fitz. I, um, I think so. We need him back. Let's let's bring up let's bring up the legend. Ah yes. Hey, shout out to your <laughs> shout out to your lightning, Mikas. By the way, good 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 win tonight. Hey, Very neither nice. my teams neither my teams getting swept this uh, series. So that's good. <laughs> uh, Sam, you know I've been I've been classily drinking some Tito's and ice tonight, but it sounds like you've Classic. been having a couple i couple IPAs. I'm 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 feeling the 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 hazies tonight. You know I'm loving this pot on him, Sam. Ooh. It's great. Ooh. It's oh. great. Okay. When 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 we when we win the championship and I come to the Bay, I better see even more of this fucking A. <laughs> you, um, come, you come to the Bay, you're gonna get the full same experience. That, that I better, I fucking better. Uh, the <laughs> wife will take care of the kid that night. I swear to God. Uh, <laughs> uh, great win, boys. Uh, I think we were all a little stressed, or uh, you know, a little down after the first game. But after watching tonight. I think we all probably feel we should be up 2-0, and I love this stat. The Celtics are 5-4 and four on the road, two of those being against the Nets, which had a part-time employee taking up majority of uh, <laughs> minutes. So they are 3-4 and four against actual <laughs> real NBA teams. Uh, one <laughs> of them. A, the, Nets a, the Nets had a seasonal point guard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, three, three and four against real NBA teams. One of them, the Miami Heat, who like only had one player who could score the basketball. So I think they're definitely going to lose one game on the road or at, at, at home. The question is, do you guys think game one – what, what, what was more true to what we think the rest of the series is going to be, game one or game two? And are we winning one on the road this trip or are we winning two? Because I think it's not crazy to think we win two. I don't know if Boston has – I know TD's a great home environment, but they have not played well at home. And I think the Warriors might be road warriors. I, I think we might be coming back to the Bay next time for a possible closeout game. What say you guys? Wow. Ooh, Ooh. I appreciate that. Um, I don't know if I feel as confident as you. I think – I don't know. I, maybe maybe I'm gonna be like Eeyore on this one, but like I kind of I'm a little worried about this whole thing. Like I just want to get one, come back to the Bay two two. Maybe maybe I'm being a little too worrisome. I don't know. No, I mean my guess, my prediction was that they would uh they would steal one, not really steal because Mika's makes it the point. They're just not that great at, at home, Boston. Um, so they win one or two at home. It's hard, really hard to win both. Uh, not that they can. And then and then by the time Game Five comes around. Uh, they win game five and, and Boston's out of gas by the time game six happens, right? I also think here's here's a thing to keep in mind too. So we've got two nights before, three nights before Wednesday, which is game three. I think that's Boston's best shot to win. 
I think the quick turnaround on Friday bodes well for the Warriors, who technically are the older team, but it does feel like to me Boston's more run worn down. So I think Boston, I think the quick turnaround from Wednesday to Friday. So if the Warriors can beat Boston, which should be their best effort at home, that first one home game, they have a shot to essentially not like end the series with that quick turnaround on Friday. And then like Mika said, if you're going to go up 3-1, win both and come back home and win a championship at home on a game five. Uh, now he asked one more question, Sam, I think it's good to point out which one of these games I think is more predictive of uh, the series, rest of the series. It's got to be this one because this one was so similar to the first one outside of the fact that the Warriors just didn't freaking choke in the fourth quarter. Right. Um, so I think this one is maybe a little bit more, uh, uh, you can predict this more because I think defensively too, I think this is more sustainable. The Warriors are just going to be more solid defensively than they were in game one. Even when they were winning, they weren't that solid defensively. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm kind of more on the fence about this one. Like, I don't know how to really read it, to be honest with you. But um, it's almost as yeah. if we should wait for them to play the games. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, it's it's intriguing because I don't know how much home court matters. I think both these teams are um, they're really competitive, and it doesn't feel like the momentum has swung in either direction. Personally, for me. Yeah, I mean, you called the Warriors winning by double digits tonight going into this game, too. I, I, it was going to be a stressful one, but I think this one was just set up perfectly for the Warriors. And now, I, I don't know if I would say, like, game three winner wins a series. I think this this might just have a chance to just go one, back and forth, right? Win-loss, win-loss, win-loss all the way to the end. Like, we'll see. Yeah. All right, we're going to end it. One more call. You, Josh, a shot. Hey, hey, guys, can you hear me? All yeah, right. we can hear What's up, man? Send us home. Yeah, so I just want to send it off, I guess, with just saying Steph better. Um, I think the biggest positive from the last uh, two games here is just, I mean, he's having what he wants on offense, I feel like, pretty much all game. And uh, it was all about who's going to score on Boston. And, uh, I mean, Poole played good offense for two minutes, and uh, the game was over. So, I don't know. I I think – um, you know, I wouldn't maybe not Warriors in five, but uh, Warriors in six uh, feels pretty good after the first two games. Even though game one, I thought the world was ending and uh, there was no adjustments to be made. <laughs> uh, I feel feel much better just looking at Steph and how he's played. He's in very much in control. I feel like this series so far. I like it, Josh. Uh, let me before we get out of here. Well, the last thing is, uh, you know, every time the Warriors lose, the world is ending. You know why? We have the best fans. We have the best listeners. Uh, Sam, I think we can all say together, uh, fun ride this season because because Warriors fans are just here every single game. They're just in here or they're listening to the podcast. So we appreciate y'all. Uh, if you are still listening, subscribe, of course, to the Light Years podcast. Rate five stars. Leave a comment if you want, but really just rate five stars. Helps us out. Helps Sam out. Get him some sleep. We'll be back for what Wednesday, game three. We will be back. Appreciate everyone.